0: THE HORROR Up to this point we've seen glimpses of what places this book in the genre of horror, a genre it apparently helped to create. I think it is in these chapters that we moved much deeper into the darkness of Frankenstein's nightmare. First, there was the setting. After his journey through scenes of majestic nature and historic monuments, he arrives in one fitted to his grisly work. "'a squalid hut with unplastered walls, "'on a solitary island with barren soil "'and stony beaches, "'surrounded only by some miserable cows "'and a few scraggy-limbed inhabitants. "'It is a desolate and appalling landscape, "'where, unlike the lively play of the waters of a Swiss lake, "'the ocean roars and beats upon the shore. "'There was the state of his mind,' This time he enters into his labors in cold blood and with a sickened heart. He is always restless, nervous, and in dread of meeting his persecutor. He fears to walk alone or even to raise his eyes from his work, and forebodings of evil make his heart sicken in his bosom. Then there was the moment his fears are realized— as he contemplates the wickedness of his promise and the curse he might be imposing on the human race, he raises his eyes and sees what he had dreaded to see. Quote, I trembled, and my heart failed within me, when, on looking up, I saw by the light of the moon the demon at the casement. A ghastly grin wrinkled his lips as he gazed on me, where I sat fulfilling the task which he had allotted to me. Unquote. Note the poetry even in Shelley's horror. I love both the cadence of the line and the image it conveys. A ghastly grin wrinkled his lips. Then there is Frankenstein's quasi murder of the being he had promised to create. In madness, he tears it to pieces, flees the scene, locks himself in his room and waits, oppressed by nightmarish visions, until he hears the sound of that creaking door. There's the confrontation, in which the monster's rage and lust for revenge are unleashed. Quote, "'Man, you may hate, but beware. Your hours will pass in dread and misery, and soon the bolt will fall which must ravish you from your happiness forever.' Are you to be happy while I grovel in the intensity of my wretchedness? You can blast my other passions, but revenge remains. Revenge, henceforth dearer than light or food. I may die, but first you, my tyrant and tormentor, shall curse the sun that gazes on your misery. Beware, for I am fearless and therefore powerful." I will watch with the wiliness of a snake that I may sting with its venom. Man, you shall repent of the injuries you inflict, Again, there is a poetry and grandeur, even in the ravings of a murderous monster. And finally, in the scene I found to be one of the most ghastly of all, there's the disposal of the evidence of Frankenstein's crime. He gathers the remains scattered on the floor that seemed like the mangled flesh of a human being, places them in a basket, takes them out to sea, and then... When I taught this book to my students two years ago, I walked in at the start of class, looked at them, and said, "'Okay, maybe this is an unreasonable question, but what was the single grossest word in this chapter?' Apparently it wasn't an unreasonable question, because without missing a beat, one of them said, gurgle. There is something perfectly, poetically repulsive about that word in that context. Quote, At one time the moon which had before been clear was suddenly overspread by a thick cloud, and I took advantage of the moment of darkness and cast my basket into the sea. I listened to the gurgling sound as it sank and then sailed away from the spot. Now, I'm going to change course for a moment and raise a question. I don't have an answer to it, but I do have some thoughts. Some of you have said that you're enjoying this novel despite the fact that you don't care for horror, and I feel the same way. The question is, then, how is this different? the thought that springs to mind first is the obvious one, one we've discussed in some form many times already, which is that this is an exquisitely written, beautifully poetic, deeply insightful work of great literature. The same cannot be said of much that we place in the genre of horror. Also, this story is a fantastical one, with all the qualities of a dream, which I think places the horror at a distance. It seems to take place in another dimension unrelated to our own, and consequently it isn't the sort of thing that leaves us, when we close the book, looking over our own shoulders. I also suspect, and I'm curious about your thoughts, that there's a layer of protection from the horror penetrating the deepest recesses of our souls in the mere fact that we're reading Rather than seeing. Horror more grotesque than we have here is still, of course, possible in writing. I've read Stephen King. But I think the fact of something being read contributes to the distance and the abstraction that I mentioned previously. My suspicion is that making something visual has the power to compound the horror profoundly. And like all powers, it's one that comes with a responsibility. That's a big topic, and one I can only indicate here. Much more could be said, but I experience this horror novel as a grand and haunting spectacle that leaves me with a feeling of wonder and nightmarish adventure. It isn't one of those works, and for me there are many, that leaves me with a feeling I need an antidote to set my sense of the world straight again.